0: Hello, bonjour, hello, hey, hiya, and previous hockey fans, welcome to the EuroPuck Podcast, the show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the hockey podcast network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch out podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Euro Puck Podcast YouTube channel. The Euro Puck Podcast, giving you guys European hockey. <laughs> I'm muted. What an S. <laughs> welcome no. to episode eighty. I was muted. Um, welcome to episode eighty of Red Wings rant. Uh, of course, uh, tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings now have a home. Uh, we we have another milestone episode at eighty. So we've got uh, just a couple more before we hit a hundred, and then uh, and then we'll just kind of the milestones will only hit on the hundred mark. Uh, but. We are happy to be back uh, as, as we come you another Sunday morning. Mike uh, got the coffee rolling early this morning, but god damn it all, if, uh, man, a, a higher power. I know neither one of us are really believers, but somebody did not want this show to happen today, but god damn it all to hell, we're here. That's right. Thank
1: you, uh, HP and Windows 10, uh, for having a secret update that I needed that... <laughs> muted everything on my computer. Um, We tried reinstalling drivers. We tried reinstalling softwares. It didn't matter. But here we are. Happy Sunday. Um, I added a little bit of bourbon to this hot cider this morning, so it'll all even out. Matt, you know, it's another week. It's the week after, I'd say, of free agency. Everything's kind of slowing down a little bit, but Thank God there's still some reveling news out there, man. Are you ready to dive right in? And then and then it'll slowly die off. <laughs> so
0: we're gonna have I mean, if you think about it, we're in this the realm we're in right now is we get the Tyler Pertuzzi, then we have to sign Manta, which yeah. is kinda scary that we're we're in you know, we're in arbitration hearing mode uh for for bertuzzi and I mean we could get notification I'm not sure when it's scheduled I, I don't know if they get those out of the way first thing in the morning uh but ultimately what we want to talk about is, is like the good job that Eisman had done uh with with what was thrown bertuzzi's way and I'm super proud of that um <laughs> but okay we get that out of the way then we get mantha out of the way and then it's just the conversation turns to um. Uh. what day is the NHL starting? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, they say January 1st, but then we also have other GMs around the league that are like, that's not happening. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, That's nice to know. But I mean, you know, they have to start somewhere. They have to say something about um. We're, we're, we have a plan so that there's something to, to revolve whatever plans get made. You know, we've got to revolve it around somewhere. So I...
1: It's fine
0: that they threw out a date. I'm not necessarily mad that they did that, but, uh, you know, um,
1: it's a winter sport. I don't mind seeing it start in winter. Um, I, I do hope that they take a page out of, uh, you know, what baseball's already done, uh, what basketball is planning to do. Um, Yeah, I know we saw potential um, division realignments, uh, you know, to try and limit some of the travel. Um, Unless you're in Canada, then you're still screwed. Uh, I think I still have that. Going going coast to coast on that one. Yeah,
0: that guy there. Um, I don't know if you can. Can you see
1: that? Yeah. Um, The other option, too, would be like, you know, uh, Red Wings, for example, uh, you know, get all their lightning games in a row. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, get all their Blackhawks games in a row. Um, so maybe that'll, that'll be a little confusing with, you know, like the home and away disparity, uh, or dispersal, I mean to say, um, but yeah, you know, these guys want to get paid. They want to play these games and, uh, I don't know what kind of sacrifices they might have to make for that, but yeah, kind of maybe bunch it up into a little series to try and limit how many COVID tests we have to, you know, sprint through every night. There's a good one. Um, <laughs>
0: Like that—that's—that's that's the scary thing, right? Like us in Michigan, we're actually dealing with um, what was it this past week? Was our largest increase of new cases, or no? It was just our largest total of of new cases.
1: We it was broke a teeny our... spike. It was a teeny little spike, not a big, just a spike. When you increase
0: tests, there's more positive. No, it's not. It's been the same. <laughs> If anything at this point right now, people are getting less tests. Like, sure, there's more tests out there, but Mike, I don't remember in the last however many months it actually being an issue <laughs> that tests that tests were or were not
1: available. Um yeah. I mean the no, last. I, I don't know if you guys see uh, Donald Trump's impression on Saturday Night Live last night, uh, where he's like, "There's one little spike in Florida, one teeny little spike in Texas, one." Tootsie, tootsie little one in North Dakota. But not a big deal. We have another Dakota, so.
0: <laughs> I, I love, too, that I know we shouldn't go too deep into this, but uh, I love, too, that the, the governor of North Dakota uh, said we need to stop politicizing this and we need to, like, um, oh, what did she say? Oh, she said you need to show common courtesy to people who don't want to wear a mask. And the idea that the common courtesy needs to be shown to the a-holes who are like, I'm not wearing a mask. Instead of just wearing a mask. <laughs> like, it's a lot to ask for. It's a lot that's the to common ask courtesy. For. All right. Well, unfortunately, we don't have too many uh, pro hockey teams to talk about in the Dakota area. So when everybody's dead over there, it won't be a huge issue. Uh, won't affect the oh. So <laughs> No. What is that? I just... Uh, Mike, Tyler Bertuzzi's uh, arbitration hearing is today, so we picked a great time to have this podcast record because, uh, you know what, I I thought about it last night, and I was like, should we record later in the day to get this information? And then I realized what could possibly happen that, (laughs) like, we can't just see coming right now. So I I just went ahead and, uh, you know, took some notes here. Bertuzzi's side coming in at $4.25 Uh and his team thrown out 3.15 million um, Absolute butte Of a number for a guy That uh, I was just tweeting with um, Fake uh, Philip Zedina on, on Twitter So shout out to fake Philip Zedina uh, He said His concern is that Iserman doesn't see uh, Bertuzzi uh, in his production Aligning with just Bertuzzi But it's more along the lines of who he's playing with now, fake Phillips Sedina threw out there, this is going to sound bad. I don't think that sounds bad. I think that's that's pretty fair. That's an okay assessment. I don't think that when we, you know, we're bringing Tyler Bertuzzi through the system, uh, you know, I could be wrong. But I, I'm going to go ahead and say that when this team's ready for a playoff run, this guy's not in our top six list of forwards. I, I, I think that's pretty fair. And I know, you I know, we have could- to... Q&A open at all times so if you guys want to throw any questions in the chat i mean don't even bother throwing a question tell me i'm a stupid a-hole and that this guy needs four or five million for the next few years i just don't i don't believe it i don't see it i think flexibility this one year deal moving forward something that could potentially be less than four million hell yeah because i i again i'll throw this out there mike and then i want to get your opinion but right down the middle would be three point seven, which is where these arbiters tend to go. <laughs> they just kind of cut it in half because that's pretty easy. Um, so I, I love again for me, for my side, I, I love where Eiserman's coming in with this number. I love the flexibility that's going to come from this because if the twos doesn't keep the numbers up, again, it's it's all on you know it's for the Red Wings side right now. Uh, so if we're, if we're looking to continue to find flexibility and upgrade this team, it, we'll still have all that power. Power is a, a scary word, but we'll have it.
1: Well, it's kind of fringing upon another one of the discussion points today, but um, look at Mike Hoffman, right? He's, he's one of the last spells of the ball. You know, one of the big free agents <laughs> left, and people are yeah. uh, trying to guess where he's going to go. Uh, I mean, he's getting paid, you know, about five and a half. He's probably looking for like six million this year and smart on him. I love that he's looking at uh, maybe doing a Taylor Hall contract. I don't know if that also means he's going to Buffalo, but he said he would be willing to take something short, prove it deal, and then maybe get, you know, that retirement mortgage from some sucker who wants to pay him till he's 39. Um, But as far as this production goes, uh, like comparatively speaking, I, I don't think we can really count you know, Tyler Bertuzzi's first two years. He's a little puppy. Um, he, he only played, you know, what, 55 games his first two years combined. Uh, but after that, he's getting, you know, 47 points, 48 points um, in 19 and 20. And if Mike Hoffman's going to get like $6 million, you know he's he's getting yeah you know he had a season with more goals uh you know his his peak year is still like seventy I, I I think you could still be okay with with the twos as one of your top six forwards making you know under four million I I think that's I think we can actually absolutely win this arbitration and I mean but I mean we I mean not just the Red Wings because we don't want right. to root for them necessarily. Uh, but we want to root for you know a city in Detroit and make sure it's competitive. Uh, so I don't care about the lined pockets of the owners. I think we're on the same page there. We just would want to field the most competitive team possible, and if that means only allocating three and a half million or so to Tyler, that's a win.
0: Yeah, I mean you know what you make a great point. If if we get. <laughs> If we get Bertuzzi for under, I mean, you know, that's what I'm predicting right now is it's going to be under this 4 million number. And then he's going to be in our top six. That's an incredible number for a top six forward. Uh, So I guess it would only necessarily, it's probably just going to be the one year. Uh, Eizerman did make note, uh, and this was brought up through, uh, through the free, that, you know, he he doesn't, he's not opposed to a longer deal with Bertuzzi. I think, you know, again, the, the issue is just going to be this number of, uh, of what they're going to agree upon. So what I was about to say, it, it, it kind of doesn't hold too much credence here because I was going to say, if you have a top six forward under 4 million going forward, you know, it's just now, now we're talking Bertuzzi would prove himself for another year. And then next year's restricted free agent situation is, is just going to put Eiserman in the same kind of Ish, you know, the, the issue of what, what do you see in his potential uh, for the length of term and the amount you want to pay him? Because yeah. um, getting back to the, the quick discussion I had on Twitter, I, I would say, I, I would probably agree. That's probably the, the realm that uh, that Iserman's in right now is he doesn't, at least if, if there's this issue of not throwing out the long-term deal or giving Bertuzzi the number he wants, then there there is something more that Iserman needs to see out of this. And I know uh, last week we talked about... Um, you know, how much can you really pull from an arbitration hearing happening? And I think that's fair to pull that from it. Like it's the, the word routine was, was tossed and bantied about, but I I think we could pull away from, from just saying, this is routine. The Red Wings will get through this because I, I, again, the procedure is routine, but the idea that every player goes through this is just incorrect. And it does happen a lot. But this is where we're at. Iserman doesn't have the confidence, or at least I'm going to suppose. In my opinion, in my opinion, with this happening, Iserman probably doesn't have the confidence in in Bertuzzi being, you know, a, a, a member of the top six moving forward. Uh, probably, I said three to four years. You could probably go two to three years. But I mean, we have. Mike, if you if you had to bet who's going to be in the top six, and we're talking wingers here, I mean, are you are you going to be more focused in the the Lucas Raymond, Philip Sadina, Anthony Mantha boat, or are we really going to sit here and argue that Bertuzzi is well, <laughs> like we need to save a spot for Tyler?
1: I think what will be, I wish we could be a fly on the wall uh, for these negotiations, Matt, because I think in an unprecedented move. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi would not necessarily have, you know, you know, they kind of all right. You give us, uh, you know, you give us your your argument, and we'll just slide a number across the table. And then uh, I don't think Bertuzzi would necessarily just, you know, slide a document with his statistics on it. I think he would also slide a document with Franz Nielsen's uh, statistics on it and <laughs> his yearly contract, and be like, "Well, oh, uh, I think." Uh, uh, my point has been made, and then uh, Steve can go. Well, let me erase that there and uh, give you a much better offer because <laughs> he's at least worth uh, 50% of what Franz Nielsen makes a year, right? Um, right, so he's
0: <laughs> well, this like, is the crazy thing. Like, uh, so the freep and evolving hockey had two numbers that were being tossed about. So the freep said uh, they were predicting. Four to five years at 4.5 million and evolving hockey predicted 5.4 million. So the fact that Bertuzzi's coming in under both of those numbers tells, I mean, something something happened. Like there, there's something wrong with what Bertuzzi's team came up with because those those numbers are based off of what you're saying. They're based off of what a guy like Nielsen makes, and it's based off of production value, and it's it's based off of what other guys around that production. Are are getting paid, so I mean even Bertuzzi, if he could have come in a lot higher.
1: I don't know. I, I didn't realize. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm I'm just combing through the old uh, hockey reference here, and uh, I, I guess you can. You know, get, yeah,
0: it's easy to get lost in those. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, Uncle uh, Uncle Phronsie. He's uh. Whew, I mean, he's technically got Lady Bing and Sokyo, you know, award winning votes, but uh, he's not really like placing in the top five uh, for either of those categories. Um, and yeah. easily like Bertuzzi's numbers, you know, at age 22, 23, 24, um, you know, much better than, you know, Nielsen. So I, not necessarily to throw him out of the bus, but he's just the, he's just the bane of our, our, our cap space existence, um, you know, as Red Wing fans. So not Eiserman's fault, you know. Something he's kind of, you know, cleaning up after the previous regime. But just to kind of get a feel for where, where Uncle Bert, you know, where he could be at money wise, I, I <laughs> it would be tough to look at the cap sheet and still see Bertuzzi lower than this guy. And
0: uh, uh, we, Gla- is pointing out regarding Nielsen, Eiserman didn't sign that contract. We know. We're saying like. We're basing it off of like how evolving hockey brings up their um. Uh, what do I? What do you call that? We got to you got to compare it to the rest
1: of the market. So right. if you're just looking at you know other players They're, on the team, um, other players in free agency this year, other players at the same age, uh, point production, all those things come into play. And this is Mom. more of a tongue-in-cheek comparison, but you know you can see that this guy somehow at the age of 32. Uh, you know, was getting you know five six million a year. So I, I think Bertuzzi. To see this number, I think you'd be doing cartwheels. Um, if he's getting under four million to be a top six forward.
0: Right, and uh, I was looking for the word model. So we're talking about uh the folks that would build out these models, like evolving hockey, and then what Free brought uh, brought to the table with their with their estimations. They put together a model that was built around what's going on with the red wings and around the nhl so that's where the nielsen contract is still um we want to say relevant to this conversation but yeah absolutely and then when mike references cleaning up uh cleaning up house that's what he's that's really what we're going to jump into next year that's really what we have left is is the nielsen contract that to me (laughs) seems like one of the last things on the list and uh God damn it all the hell, we're gonna bring up another uh model. Uh it, it's gonna be Dom from the Athletic and Lu I don't know. We've we've talked about him all the time. I'm never gonna get his last name. I have no clue
1: how to say it. Somebody it could Lu- type Lu- in Lu Shiz- That's Lushizen.
0: I, I don't know. Yeah, you broke up there too. So the <laughs> oh, Lu- <laughs> even, e- even the Lu- Lu- doesn't know. No, how I think it is. was
1: Lu Shiz-in, wasn't it?
0: Something like that. I, I love Dom, though. I follow him on Twitter and uh, he came up with his his model of, of who had improved the most over uh, over the, the, the first burst of free agency. And uh, let me let me pull this up here because I'm going to I'm going to stretch this for a second. Uh, but everybody should be able to see this now. Uh, Mike, you can still hear me, right? Yes. So this is, this is incredible to, to look at, um, to, to see no, this isn't incredible to say like, Oh good. Now we're playoff contenders. No, this is incredible because it shows like it, it really paints the picture of how terrible we were. <laughs> like, look how far off into the top right corner we are, uh, for this. And this is uh, salary added is, is going to go the vertical route. And then the uh, horizontal numbers are wins added. So uh, we did sign quite a few people, but you can also see, so did the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> but we added uh, just, and according to Dom's model here, about uh, six wins. So, you know, again, these are predictor models. So this isn't anything that's that's guaranteed. And we always have to take these uh, with a grain of salt. But it, it is very interesting to see uh, like what can happen By, uh, you know, I I would say addition by subtraction, uh, because if we pull up. um, Or you know what? I don't I don't have the I don't have this other picture I'm going to reference here. Uh, But this is this is just Dom's thoughts from The Athletic. I'll I'll just throw that out there. Uh, Wins added 5.9 in Mark Stahl, Thomas Grice, Vladislav Nemestikov, Troy Stetcher, Bobby Ryan, John Merrill. Now out. And this is where Dom's point really comes in. Erickson, Abdulkader, Jimmy Howard, Trevor Daly, Madison Bowie, and Christopher N. (laughs) And down goes, the worst team in hockey has only one way to go. (laughs) That's out. Uh, That's especially true with the offseason they had. No, they didn't sign any big names that moved the needle, but they did replace serious drags with actual NHL caliber talent. All right. (laughs) Every player on the way out was a negative value player last season, worth a combined minus. 4.6 wins that. So, I mean, that's insane. Again, we're not saying like, this is what actually happened, but to think that there's a model out there that says, you know, Larkin's going to bring in a couple of wins, but then advocators going to come in and just delete that. Like (laughs) he's so so bad that he he nullifies the existence of a, of a (laughs) Dylan Larkin on your team. Uh, so, so he does go on to say like, that's where most of these teams added value. It's addition by subtraction. Uh, but I, I just, it, we're, we're sitting here, Pat Neisman on the back. What a great job with this, this Tyler Bertuzzi number he came in with, because, you know, even, even by what we saw with Bertuzzi, we just said, it looks like he undervalued where he could have been. Uh maybe that has something to do with all these, um, the salary numbers getting locked up and, and, uh, potential for all the money lost because of COVID. Uh, So maybe that's where those numbers needed to be adjusted. But um, I mean, right now, if you had to put data on it, if there was an analytical way to figure out if a GM was doing the right job, Dob has done it. And uh, you know, some of the stuff is, was easy to figure out. I mean, you're not going to sit here and argue and say, no, advocator needed to stick on this team, but there's also a GM GM out there that wouldn't make the move, you know? there's, there's maybe too much loyalty that goes around in this, in this league. And uh, I I think this is a good, this is a good way to like start the precedent of like, what does Iserman represent here? And he represents a guy that can get the easy stuff out of the way. Right. He's not going to put us in a bad situation because uh, even when he was talking about the Keenan Draper draft, and we've said this multiple times, uh, (laughs) for anybody getting sick of hearing it, um, he made, mention. He's like, look, Chris Draper knows his job is on the line with everything he does. So if he thinks, now I'm going to add some, inf- you know, some inflection here and kind of <laughs> guess this is how Heisman felt. If he right. thinks that guy who wasn't even ranked on anybody's list is going to be an NHLer and he's going to waste my seventh round pick, he knows his job is on the line. Again, not verbatim, but I'm guessing Heisman's head was kind of in that realm. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I-, I would say if you know, these draft picks don't start lining up with, with what uh, Drapers may be putting, bringing to the table. Um, that could be another name that's on the chopping block. Now, I, I do feel pretty good about the draft picks, um, but got you got to throw that out there. All right, uh, so moving right along, Mike. Um, I don't know if you want to touch on that too much. I, I realize no, now I, there I, isn't too much to, to pull from it.
1: No, I... Um... I enjoyed the read uh, Anytime in this past year, we've had something positive about the Red Wings to read. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's welcome uh, because it's, there's so been so many rare opportunities to do so. Um, but I think basically uh, what they're trying to break down with, you know, what kind of wins you're bringing to the table with the players you're acquiring um, it's not necessarily a bonus just to start spending money. Um, you know, like Ottawa's off season, not, not, it was expensive, but, you know, didn't necessarily bring in, you know, as many wins as, you know, some of the oh, players okay. the Red Wings brought in. Um, but it's just so tough to – it's really, it's just so tough, even with Dom's hard work on this, um, you know, to kind of gauge where the Red Wings are at now. Because you could almost just say if you wiped the entire Red Wings roster off the map and just brought in 25 new guys – um, in some capacity, they're not going to be part of one of the worst historical seasons in NHL history. Um, but with that said, I got to think Gryce is going to be a little bit of an upgrade over Jimmy Howard. Um, you know, who's at the end of his career. It's not his fault. You know, father time comes for everybody. Um, you know, and then Abdel uh, you know, that's another obvious one. There. So <laughs> almost, almost any one right. body would have been an upgrade. So, Um, we spent and we spent responsibly, which is good. Um, you know, no, no long-term mortgages. Uh, these are all one and two year deals. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just exemplifying that, you know, we had a smart, affordable off season that gives us flexibility for the future, gives us flexibility to sign, you know, long-term deals with, you know, the Manthas, the Larkins, and hopefully some of those young guys in the minors, uh, can, uh, pay off for us here. But, um, yeah we can move on for sure um, well i think i like there's something to be said too
0: like uh as these guys get older and we see you know jimmy howard gets in that um that part of his career where the conversations start popping up online is he getting you know is there is there too much gray hair there is this is this the end of the uh the end of the career um and mike i mean when you talk about hair and clipping stuff uh <laughs> And when it becomes too obvious, that, that's that's when <laughs> that's when what comes to my mind is the lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped. That's right. Uh, maybe you're clipping those gray hairs, Mike. Maybe you're just keeping it high and tight for the for the ladies. Uh, but <laughs> this uh, the lawnmower 3.0 is going to do it, and it's going to do it fast for you. It's going to do it smooth. You're going to avoid all those nicks and cuts because this thing has, Mike. They, they were. Studying scientists, the manscaped scientists, we're <laughs> studying how to make this thing uh, a- as user friendly as possible, so you can you can twirl this thing like a baton and still cut clean. Uh, I I do it once a week now, Mike. Uh, once I start it, you can't stop. It's uh, it's like uh, seeing a chiropractor. <laughs> but if you wanna if you wanna get yourself started, nice and clean, nick free. Uh, using that 7,000 RPM motor, getting a light down there where the uh, the sun don't shine, uh, you can get the Lawn Mower 3.0 package 20% off with free shipping if you use promo code THPN, and you can only use it on manscaped.com, but that is promo code THPN. You get 20% off and free shipping uh, with uh, that promo code in reference to the Hockey Podcast Network. Only on manscaped.com. That is the Lawnmower Mower 3.0 Mike, did I did I lead into that too hard? Was that was that uh, that was was that obvious? That was where I was going.
1: That was a wonderful segue. Thank you, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> we Weekend soldier on here. Uh, just kind of some rough news. Um, honestly, kind of surprised that they're just a knock on wood. Um, there aren't more updates like this, but luckily, uh, um, we did find out that Slava Kozlov. Uh, part of the rush, if I've had uh, COVID, came down with it, uh, but he looks to be out of the hospital and recovering well. So good news there on the red Wing front. Um, I don't know. You know, was, uh, I, I will say this was this was kind of scary for me because
0: the way Twitter works, they try and figure out like what do you what means the most to you. And I saw the Greg Krupa tweet first, where he said everything is is good. He's out of the hospital. And then, on my personal account, which is more like my burner account, because I just retweet everything we do here. Um, then I got Keith Gabe's tweet that said he was looking into seeing what was, you know, is Slava okay? And that so that's what I saw second, and I went, oh god, he's already back. so And it was a day later that I got that tweet. I was terrified. So when I first Put in the notes here. Thankfully, I, I got the story straight. Um, but Twitter, get your shit together, man. <laughs> uh, I put things in order. I, I know that we're trying to like um, weed out some of the fake news that's out there, but. Somehow that changed the algorithm for me seeing a day later tweets about him being in the hospital after I'd already seen he was back home and fine. Um, so that was, that was scary, but a quick shout out, uh, or a lack, you know, what's an opposite of a shout out? Um, shout down to, to Twitter.
1: <laughs> All right. good work.
0: Mike, I, uh, I, I think before we jump into our new game, cause I, I'm looking at the notes, we want to do a, uh, we want to talk about mike hoffman real quick right well you know i think we have a new game that we could kind of include that in there man all right all right all right i i just uh you know we, we did a poll and everything for the game so this was well, part of the poll this is
1: also technically
0: let's just play the video let's see it all right everybody who's ready uh for uh our new game called be the gm <laughs>
1: I love that song, but I think at the end you should also have that clip of Iserman going, "Yeah, I think a lot of teams want to be part of an original six team, <laughs> and really turn your nose up at the uh, non-original yeah. six teams."
0: Yeah. Slow zoom in. <laughs> yeah, man, what uh, is this, man. Oh, you know what's what? going on here? We should do the the sunglasses thing too, where it comes down and he gets the little cigarette. Do you see that? Yeah. Nose do you up. Remember I think yeah. that's about 10 years old at this point. So that, that's where my references are at. Thankfully, yeah. Borat's uh, relevant again. My wife! <laughs> All, right. All right. What is
1: this new game? What is this here?
0: Uh, So the, the part that we gave a fight on Twitter was uh, I wanted to see what people were thinking in regards to uh, Bobby Ryan and Robbie Fabry maybe having a good start to the season heading into uh, wherever the trade deadline falls. You know, that... That's something too. That's pretty interesting. With uh, trying to figure out, like, when I'm asking this question, what is a reasonable number to see from two guys that you know you're 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 sure or you're okay with not being a part of the core? Uh, you know, what what's what's something where you're just like, oh my god, these guys are terrible. Yeah, trade them away. And what's like reasonable that uh, they would have a point total at? maybe a halfway point in what could be like a 50 game season. I don't know. So this is just, this is all over the place. So we're pretending that it was an 82 game season. It's the trade deadline. Bobby Ryan and Robbie Fabry, Mike have 40 plus points and can both fetch a draft pick at the trade deadline. So obviously these guys are figuring in, um, I would say reasonably in the middle six, so you getting, you'd be losing two guys in your middle six, uh, potentially a first line or two if, if things work out for you know Bobby Ryan and scoring starts to happen and he just gets some chemistry going. But let's say this: Bobby Ryan, Mike gets you a second; Fabry gets you a first. What do you do? And wow. your four options are no trades. Let's go. For, oh shoot, that's the part I forgot. We're four points out of a playoff spot. Damn it! All right. <laughs> No trades. Let's let's go for a playoff run. Trade Bobby Ryan. Trade Fabry, or trade both. Now, I I'm gonna say. Yeah, you know, let, let's go through what uh, what the fans picked. Uh, we've got three percent of the vote. Mike <laughs> was don't don't trade. Hang on to Bobby Ryan. Don't you trade? Don't you trade my Fabry? Don't you do it? No, it was three percent was trade Fabry, but hang on to Bobby Ryan. So everybody was thinking, why would you hang on to Bobby Ryan? I I, I like that. That's where the fans are at. Uh, at twenty one point two percent, it was. Let's stay a happy family. Let's see what happens here. This could be one year, you know. Of uh, <laughs> according to Domel's, uh, um, uh, oh Jesus, why can't I remember the word model? According to Tom Holt's model, we're going to improve. So we're going to improve enough to become a playoff team. So let's go for it. And then uh, 24.2% of the vote is just trade Bobby Ryan and hold on to Fabry. So a lot of people are with you there, Mike. But 51.5% of the vote goes to trade both because this team is still rebuilding. I, Mike, do you want to go first?
1: I uh, I got to say the question is too easy. Um, if you're getting a first round pick for either of those guys, you do it. Um, I, I don't know if they would, f- I don't know if they would fetch that necessarily. Um, I, I gotta think it would be a second and a third, like kind of going down second for Fabry, uh, third for Bobby. Bobby is, isn't he 33 years old now? <laughs> um, he's not a spring chicken. Um, right. and I mean, he's, uh, you know, you're getting a one year, you're getting a rental for basically a couple months of a COVID season. Um, so yeah, I would absolutely in a heartbeat do both those trades if they were both offered to me. Um, you can't turn down first round picks and, uh, you know, trading 33 year old Bobby for a couple months, uh, for maybe a first round exit in the playoffs. Um, absolutely worth it to, to get rid of both those guys.
0: I like, and that's where I wanted to make it like a little bit tougher is like this, this team could be a playoff team. We could, we could get that playoff run in there and, uh, you know, anything could really happen. Uh, but the the flip side is where, you know, these guys have produced to a point that they're they're close, maybe sniffing a point per game production, Uh, more more likely like a half a half a point per game production so far through the season. I, I guess it would be like three fourths of a point per game because if it's at the trade deadline and they've got 40 plus, um, you know, you haven't played 82 games. Uh, so that's that's where you're seeing these guys produce kind of like out of their mind. Right, like they're they're doing really well at that point in the season. So that's 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 kind of where I think you you could fetch those higher draft picks. But I I, I agree too. Like I, I would trade both, no problem. I think um, we could be four points into a playoff spot. We could be we could have four points on the ninth place team, and I would still trade both. I, I'm a bad Red Wings fan, but. Damn it all! I I still like Iserman Say you know every time he turns around, it's we gotta collect draft picks. And I I also think you know replacing these guys with what we have in the system. If we were four points ahead of like the ninth place team, I think, I think we'd still be fine. Like <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like in the grand scheme of things, and you know possibly with like twenty games left, we probably still have a good shot of of making it. But then you also get to go into the next draft you know at this point we're talking like four second round picks or you know what have you and a couple firsts so and and other trades could have already happened as well but um so i I do like i do like this i I think we're gonna keep this going because obviously i made a video and a graphic to uh, transition us from (laughs) one part of the show to the next but
1: uh mike you want to play uh, a part two of this game so we, we we gotta tweak this out yeah i got uh one more be the gm uh for this week just because he's still out there it's Mike Hoffman. Um, he's the last, you know, like f- like sexy free agent forward still out there, right? Um, it sounds like, uh, you know, here in his age thirty season, you know, he's uh he's he's willing to he, he's outwardly said, yeah, I don't need a long term deal. I'll I'll do a short term deal, and I I think what he's doing is kind of looking, uh, you know, at like somebody like Taylor Hall, who you know signed a one year mega mega money deal. Um, but I think he wants to try and get that. Cause I, I don't know if at this point in his career, he's earned, you know, like a six, seven, you know, year deal for, you know, 60 million, something like that. He's had good numbers. Um, he's kind of fluctuated between like, ter- like 22 and 36 goals, um, the past, uh, six years. So you get pretty good productivity. Um, you're getting about, eh, you know, about 26, 27 goals a season. um, but Matt, I guess being the GM, playing the GM for the Red Wings, you still got all this cap space just sitting there. You know, it's not doing anything, you know. All right. My question is, would you sign Mike Hoffman, you know, to a kind of a Taylor Hall like deal where it's just kind of one year? Yeah, we'll give you like 6.1 or something. It's just one year. Um, so, you know, maybe you can, you know, prove that you 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 know can earn a earn a mortgage as we say. Um, or Matt, looking at the teams that are still over the cap today, you got a ton of them. You got the Coyotes who need help, the Canucks, the Blues, Leafs, Capitals, Knights, and the Ducks are all over uh, the salary cap limit. Uh, there's also a couple teams kind of right on the fringe, just below uh, where you need to be. Would you, Matt? I know it's going to be a maybe an easier poll because it's a, a one or two. I guess we'll do three. Would you just leave the cap space? Or would you try and you know wait for one of these teams to get desperate and still have to move somebody? Do you want to be there for that? Or do you want to fill out your top six with Mike Hoffman? Matt, let's go to Matt. Matt, our correspondent, what do you got? So if you pick up
0: Mike, I think you still have this opportunity to trade him. I, I think uh, like ultimately that's what you're picking up, right. Is another opportunity to, to grab a second or first round pick at the trade deadlines. We were just talking about the other, uh, be the GM question. Um, so I, 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 don't, if he's doing a short term thing and who knows what short term means to him compared to what it means to a GM. Um, I think if you're keeping everything flexible, I think, I think that's the key here because I think we still have an opportunity to do those trades that you're talking about as well uh, to, to, uh, Weaponize our, our salary cap. So we talked earlier in the show about Tyler Bertuzzi coming in. You know, for all intents and purposes, almost almost two million to what evolving hockey was predicting, and a million under. I I would say what would probably be a more reasonable number, but Eiserman really lowballed him there. Uh, so. So things look like they're gonna work out in Detroit's favor with that. Um you still gotta wait for what's gonna happen with Mantha. And I, I'm I'm guessing the issue with with Mantha is probably it's gotta be like term, right? Like Mantha's probably trying to get he's probably trying to get some security here. With
1: his with his injury history, I imagine he's um less concerned about, you know, how much per year and you know, give me nine years. Um, which, yeah. should, which should like, terrify you is the GM and the owner paying the contract. Right. Uh, so he, he's looking for some stability there. That is absolutely, a, that is absolutely a guy. The Rod Wings would love to treat, uh, like Taylor Hall, uh, just go year by year. Um, you know, as, is, as his boo-boos, you know, kind of ebb and flow. I think they would want to keep an eye on that. <laughs>
0: So like all that being said, I think you still have all this flexibility to maybe even make both work depending on where Mike Hoffman is, is landing on his salary number. But do you, are you still in like this halfway tank mode? So we just talked about how much we've improved, uh, according to to Dom's model that he, uh, he put up for the athletic, but, uh, do you wanna to continue to improve, I guess? Uh do you wanna to continue to try and get closer to a playoff spot? And I don't know if that's if that's I'm... if that's a part of the strategy right now. Like do these guys do they sit in like a war room and go, Well, if we pick up Mike Hoffman, we're gonna get a couple more wins on this roster and we're trying to get, you know, are we trying to get another lottery pick? Or is it is it just not played that way? Because then I, I think they would be in the market for Mike Hoffman. I'm just not I'm not approaching him to get more wins. If I'm going on after Mike Hoffman, it's because I have another weapon now uh throughout the
1: season for trades or, or so what have you. That's uh I really love the way you thought about that. Um that should have been another option in my in my uh um make to uh, my little, little, little poll there. Cause essentially what you could be doing is if you sign them for six, you're really signing them for three and then trading the other three to a team that, you know, is, you know, a player away from just kind of solidifying a top six or top nine um, you know, for that cup run. Um, so essentially what you're doing uh, you, you know, Iserman's going to the Illiches and saying um, so give me six we're really only going to need three. And with that other three, I can buy us another draft pick because, you know, we think Hoffman's going to be pretty good. We're going to put him in a lot of spots to succeed. You know, he's going to be on the power play. Um, He's going to pad those stats, uh, look sexy to a team at the deadline and boom, you got, you got another asset for you. And if by God, you know, we're competitive. Well, you know, we got Mike Hoffman on the team for one year and it's a small commitment. So I, I just think the Red Wings are in a position to, uh, you know, maybe kind of think about that. Maybe uh, shoot him a quick text. You know,
0: I and I I Send gotta
1: think. Matchup. Yeah,
0: I gotta think. Like uh, we talked about it last week. Like part of the conversation that Iserman can have there to gain the advantage over other GMs. And this was this is our audio that we shared with everybody over the last week. So anybody that that joined the show by hearing that audio, uh, they're listening now and going, "Oh, this is uh, they they're really." Worse that point in there. But the question we asked was, is it is it really viable for a GM? Like, is it actually going to make a difference for him to walk in to these uh, negotiations and say, look, you can sign with Boston. What happens when they have an injury and then you're stuck on this team? You know, if they, they lose all that potential to, like, go deep into the playoffs or something like that, you come to us and you've got some flexibility at the trade deadline. I'll give you I'll give you a no-move so you can pick who you want to go to. I have no problem with that. You could trust, you could trust Stevie Y. You can trust me. Yeah. You're gonna get that no move clause. You're gonna to go to whatever team you want, and you're gonna get paid this year regardless. Yeah, like we're gonna give you the money that anybody else is offering you, and then after this. You can go do whatever you want. You can put yourself on that Stanley Cup team. You can come back to us, and we'll do this again next year for you. I, I think, and I, I don't know if you know. We we said is Taylor Hall really doing that, or is he just collecting as much money as he could this year, and then he's gonna you know try and try and get some uh, some Jack Eichel, um, punch up points, and then sell himself the next year. But uh, I, I mean. We we agreed last week and said that that's that definitely should be something Steve Eiserman has thrown out there. So if if it really comes down to it, I think I think if these players are are opening their mind to this idea that there actually is more flexibility to go to the Red Wings because Steve Eiserman is not gonna he's not gonna keep you and ruin you know, if you come into his office and you're like, I, I all right, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to leave. I've got my team selected, go move me. I, I think when these guys say that they trust Steve Eiserman. I think those are the conversations that are happening. I don't think they're sitting there going, "I trust." Like think about Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan said, I, "I'm here because I trust Steve," and I think uh, we got the same from Grice and Nemistikoff is kind of in that same realm. I don't think they're sitting there with these short term deals and going, "I trust Steve Eiserman to build a winner." They're saying, "I trust Steve Iserman to do right by me," right? Like they're not they're not in in it for the long haul. These guys are are just fill in the spots now they become weapons for steve Iserman. they're getting paid right i i think that is 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 more of the realm that they're 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 in when they say i trust steve but um i know now i'm just now i'm just rambling so i i do i do think that
1: um i shouldn't you were you were on a roll roll. yeah i just let him go he's doing fine
0: He's doing fine. <laughs>
1: Plus, uh, Matt, the other, the other thing here, I forgot to include in the uh, impromptu poll. Um, are yeah. we just building under that cap space for that Steven Samco trade? Okay. It's not happening, but I'm still going to dream every episode. Okay. <laughs> Matt, does that wrap it up for the Red Wing rant this week?
0: Uh, I, th- I think it does. I, I did want to throw out there. I, I pulled some, uh, some numbers here. Uh, I-, I think it's fun to celebrate. Um, 've got uh we've got let me see if I, I can't even see this on my own screen there we go uh <laughs> if everybody can see this we've got something to celebrate um now we we forced pretty hard like all right Lucas Raymond was having success playing in a men's league well guess who else is having success right now it's uh Jonathan Bergen so he <laughs> He's looking pretty hot right now, and it's it's at a one point six per game uh, point per game clip. Uh, you can see him at number three there. I, I think this is this is something to get excited about. And as we're we're starving for hockey, we're looking for something to watch. This is something where I think all Red Wings fans have now made this like a, a regular part of their mornings is to go ahead and check like uh, some of the European hockey wires to see what's going on with the Red Wings prospects. I mean, it it also is fun to to see what Sider's doing with Rogo right now. But uh, damn it all, uh, if we don't have the number three guy in the SHL right now, again, uh, rolling through on uh, goddamn men's league, you know, it, it's, it's, it's exciting to see. Uh, so if we're going to sit here and say we absolutely had to get Lucas Raymond because he was having success in a men's league, then uh, I think we could be just as excited that we have the number three point producer in that league um and, and again uh somebody else brought up this point so i'm stealing it from from twitter and obviously that was from elite prospects so if anybody goes there you recognize that uh that table set up but somebody else said think about it too like there's so many guys that are loaned uh from the nhl right now over to that league so that league that he's number three in points is probably a tougher league to play in than it would be otherwise than any other situation right so some good news there and then uh in the J20, we also have our brand new draft pick uh, who's producing at a 1.73 uh, points per game is uh, Theodore Niederbach, uh, who we, we just picked up in the 2020 draft. Uh, this was the guy that had uh, former injury problems, and, and the conversation was he used to be a first round prospect and then the injuries kind of pulled him back. So this was something where it was, it was possibly a huge steal for Iserman. And if you look at what's going on now, let's say he wasn't in the draft. Um, I don't know how you look at a guy who's in the, you know, the day 20 and he wouldn't be a top, um, a top prospect uh, for, for the next draft. So this is him getting those opportunities. Uh, he's
1: still
0: pretty hot. So a nice way to wrap up the show is some with positive news on uh, Detroit Redwood Prospect. And um, but another thing too, look out for the, uh, the analytics on Uh I saw them while we were going through our technical difficulties, but he is uh, producing a holiday clip. Like, we talk about Corsi all the time,